pinch me. (laughs) I'm an author. I wrote a book, Destined for Greatness, Living an Inspired Life from Head to Tippy Toes. If you haven't already gotten your copy, you may head over to my website, sarahnoose.com, or go to Amazon and check out Sarah Noose, Destined for Greatness. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Destined for Greatness podcast, where we believe that each person is destined for greatness. I am your host, Sarah Noose, and I'm joined by my handsome co-host, who's my husband, Adam. Hey, babe. Hey, babe. How are you? So great. How are you? Doing great. (laughs) This is fun, huh? Oh, yeah. Always fun. Always fun. We're making our way through this book. Another good day. I know. Destined for greatness. I can't believe how far we've gotten. I know. It's such a great book. It's it just flies by. <laughs> I think it's just because you're in my company. I like oh, having you as my company. Love it. Mm-hmm. So we've made it to chapter eighteen, mm-hmm. and in your book, Destined for Greatness, chapter eighteen is titled "Another Learning Experience," mm-hmm. and you talk about how you added value to Tippy Toes by creating your first children's album, and as you say in your book. You took it from an I wish statement to an action statement, and you certainly did. (laughs) That's right. And what's really cool about that is I didn't really realize that's what was happening. Um, Do you remember that day we were at church, and Joey Davila, who's our amazing music producer, he was playing worship music on stage, and we were like, man, he is so good. He's just so good. And so after church, we just went to go tell him how good he was. And in the conversation, I said, I wish you could write music for Tippy Toes because we were in a season of using music from so long ago. And I was like, it'd be so cool if you could, you know, write our music for us. And he called the next day and he's like, hey, Sarah, I don't know why I couldn't. Like, what's holding you back from it? And I was like, well, I don't know how much it costs to write a music album. And I don't know how to read music back to when I've talked about not being good at school. Like I failed music in third grade. So there was a problem and he was like, well, what if we partnered and I would write it, you would write the words and I would write the music and we partnered on it and we had so much fun and now we have seven music albums. So we took action. And how many of them made it to number one on iTunes? Yeah, we've a actually, lot. yeah, we've had a lot do that. And um, it's been super fun. Joey is really, you know, when you find somebody who's really good at something, that's his gift. And we've been able to pour positive music into the lives of so many kids and tippy toes through what we say, but it's really through what Joey has been able to put together. He came to one of our conferences one time and was explaining to all of our franchise owners how our music is produced. And he saved some of the songs that Megan and I sent to him. And it was so terrible because we're not singers, um, but we have vision in our head. And so we'll sing to him. We sing to him on his voicemail often which is frightening actually, but he saves them and then he creates beauty in it. And it's not ever really what you hear, but but it's what he creates of it. And so we'll get the lyrics down great, but then he turns it into something really special. So it's funny because when we made that I wish statement at church, it was just to get me out of 
you know, not having the right music in my classes, but I had no idea again that God placed the right person in my life and then to tippy toes that it would go on and be a friendship that we've been working with him for over 15 years now. No, maybe. Yeah. Cause it would probably be early on. I think it was 2007 we started. So maybe, you know, a little over 10 years or whatever, but he's just really special. And, um, the cool thing about Joey is then he also took action. Like, I don't know that I would have called him again cause I kind of said something, but he called and was like, I think we could do it. And then really the details, he helped me work it out because he believed in tippy toes and what we were doing. You know, it's so fun uh, being on the outside watching these, you have come a long way writing music too. Yeah. I think, uh-huh. uh, thinking back at some of those early ones yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, how's that going to become a song? But, uh, blue bubblegum tree and mm-hmm. uh, pulling things out of your imagination. Yeah. Pretty fun. You know what's funny about blue bubblegum is so we have a song called Blue Bubblegum, and it, the, the lyrics go blue bubblegum hanging from a tree. And hold on tight. tight. Never, never know, know what, what you'll see. see. Look at that, babe. But what was really funny is we had written the music and we had a new employee who now is a franchise owner. Her name's Casey Keller and I love her so much, but we're sitting in a meeting and she goes, oh my gosh, what were these people smoking when they wrote this song? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, actually she was smoking nothing and it was me. I wrote this song. (laughs) And so it was really funny to think like, you know, I guess my imagination might be wild, but, um, it's, you know, funny. So now we always tease her that she thinks that I was doing drugs when I was writing that song. So anyways, but it's a favorite. So That's it was, so fun. yeah, but it was an I wish statement that turned into action and, um, you know, little did I know that was going to happen, but it did. You know, I was just watching uh, Pastor Bill at Church Unlimited talk a little bit about um, some dreams that he has. And he was talking about um, that the what come becomes comes before the how Mm. and a lot of times God doesn't uh, show you Joey until Mm. you've figured out the what yeah and then all of a sudden the how starts to come together but you gotta dive into to the what yeah because a lot of times if he starts with the how he was saying that you get overwhelmed and maybe don't explore it but so it really focuses on the what at first yeah and you get into the hell. You know, I think that's such a good point too. And I think if we know the what, then the how, and then the people is really what makes the difference. I mean, I think about this podcast and how special it's been to us, but I had no idea how to do a podcast. And we were having dinner with some of our really good friends, Julie and Anthony. And he's like, well, I think it's pretty simple. You do blah, 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 blah which none of it made sense to me, but he's like, well, I can help you. And poor guy, he's been suckered into this ever since. But he also then helped me with my audio book. And he's been really instrumental in a lot of what I've been able to do. But it was like, I knew the what, but I didn't know the how. But then I found somebody who knew the how and he's come alongside me, which has been awesome. So I believe that to be true too, that God always shows up with the how if we know the what. And he also gives us our what. I love it. Mm -hmm. And you have a great visual in this chapter that kind of talks about um, you ask the reader Mm -hmm. to kind of fill the fill in the blank of I am believing that Mm -hmm. blank. Mm -hmm. The reader should fill that out. Yep. And then you follow it up with to reach this. I will blank. Right. And um, 
kind of goes to the what to the how. Right, it does. Uh, yeah, it's actually in in the book on page 261. And the reason I have this is because I think a lot of times we have back to soil response to seeds not wishes so that I am believing that, for example, I will sell 1 million books in the next 5 years to reach this I will. So I have to have an action step behind it because a lot of times we think and dream and stuff, but then what is the very next step I need to do? I need to say yes to every opportunity I can to sell my book. Um, If I'm going to reach that number, it's going to take me putting in the hard work. I also believe that God calls us to do things and um, calls us for things, but we have to take action. God's not going to move us unless we're willing to move. And God placed so much creativity inside of all of us. And I think that's sometimes where I sit on the, um, my stance with technology is, you know, in our house, we aren't huge on our kids being on technology, um, only because I believe that God gives us so much creativity. And I was thinking about this and I don't know if I read it or thought about it or what, but, you know, growing up, we were, we had the opportunity to be bored but now we don't. We, if we're bored, if you think about it, if you have nothing to do, if you're at a stoplight, if you're in the restroom, if you're in the grocery line, whatever you're doing that you pause for a second, oftentimes we're training ourselves to pick up our phone and scroll through it. No matter if it's the news, if it's sports, if it's social media, if it's a checklist, whatever, we're not allowing our brains to just sit in boredom. And I really believe that that boredom is so important for our creativity that I think a lot of the times when we sit in the still, that's when God's able to be heard the most. You know, when we have our minds cluttered with so many things, um, specifically in on our phones or computers, um, we aren't giving God the, you know, open door to come speak to us. And so I think about that being just an important piece of, you know, listening and moving ahead and allowing us to be bored a little bit because boredom, um, I think births creativity. I love it. And, uh, and I think kind of as you have illustrated in your book, um, it's a process to get to that point of, Mm -hmm. um, getting to taking action. Mm-hmm. And thinking through that process, what are some of those questions you're asking to try to uh, pull that out of the reader? Yeah. Um, so it's questions that I ask myself too. Um, so the first question is, how will I feel when I accomplish this goal? Because oftentimes there's like cool things that can happen, but if it doesn't move the needle on our really our why and our purpose in life, then I don't believe it, there's value in it. So for example, my why is to share Jesus with everyone I meet. So how will I feel when I accomplish the goal of selling 1 million books? Well, 1 million more people will know more about how Jesus changed my life, which then they'll know about Jesus. And so I think it always has to be connected to our why. And then the next question I ask is, what is the first step I need to take to make this happen? And I ask the reader that too, like, what's the first thing? It doesn't have to be the biggest thing. It may be a phone call. Maybe it's just jotting things down. Maybe it is sitting in that boredom for a little bit, but what's the first thing I need to do? Not all the things, but what's the first thing? Um, then the next thing I ask is who could you call or talk to to gain more insight about the stream? So pastor Bill's a huge mentor for us. So he's done a lot. So it's like, okay, how can I ask him or for Joey? Like, okay, Joey, well, what does this look like to write a music album? 
Bob Goff has been huge for me and like, all right, Bob. So I wrote a book. So now what do I do? Like, how do I sell a million books? Like, what are the steps that I take? Um, and then the next thing is what will I do this very week to move forward? So we have to always move forward in the dream. We can't just sit in the, I wish statement. I feel like that just happens so often. It's like, man, it'd be so cool if we did this, but when we don't move forward from the, I wish to actually take action, then nothing happens. And it's back to the accountability group. Like people have big dreams and goals. So you have to like plan it in your day. It doesn't just happen to you. And so those are the four things that I ask myself that I ask people in accountability and that I ask the reader as they're reading the book to be able to believe that something can really happen and to be able to reach a goal, you have to move forward. So that's what I would say. I love it. And I think there's a real practical scenario of you going through these steps recently of him trying to get into 300,000 women prison. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got, it's really cool. I got into 300,000 tablets. So um, that's tablets that are going into prisons all across America, which is so cool, men and women's prisons. But my goal is to speak to women's prisons. I don't think I'm cut out to go into a prison with men. I think, I don't know. I don't like that either. I know. We kind (laughs) of, we're kind of sitting on the side of like women. But I think about how God talks about, you know, in the Bible to clothe the naked, feed the hungry, visit the imprisoned people. And I thought about like, God asks for some really simple things for us to do. What am I doing to move forward? And so I really believe that he just put that on my heart. And so I connected with a guy named Andre who has this incredible business, um, but it's not really a business. It's more a ministry where he was in prison for 14 years and he saw, you know, a lot of darkness, but then he found Jesus and he started a program that goes into some of the hardest worst places ever and shares the light of Jesus. And they went from having, you know, killings inside the prisons to over a year span, just one fist fight. And it was because they changed the mindset of these men. And it was through a lot of, um, you know, classes and, um, reformation on, you know, our thinking and that sort of thing. But what was really cool, Adam is I was having a conversation with him and, he's just super cool dude. But you know, I'm here talking about you're destined for greatness and take action and be bold. But this phone call, I pretty much failed in all of that. So we get on a zoom call like, Hey, Andre, and he's kind of telling me what he does. And I was like, so here's my heart. Like I really want my book in all of these prisons. And I really believe that I have a message of hope. And, you know, I believe that these people that have bad pasts or destined for great. So I'm going through all the reasons why. And then guess what I did? I was like, but I've never been in prison. I've actually never even visited prison. I don't actually know why they would listen to me. I start self doubting myself verbally on the phone to him. And he was like, whoa, 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 whoa. He's like, stop, stop right now. And this is the first time that we had met. And he goes in to tell me a story. And he said, last night I was at dinner and I had leftovers and it was shit. Sorry. Hello. (laughs) He didn't bleep, 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 bleep. shrimp and grits. And um, he, (laughs) sorry, he put hot sauce on it and he had leftovers and he was walking out with his niece and he said, Hey, hold on real quick. There's a homeless guy. I'm going to bring him my leftovers. And she started telling 
her uncle all the reasons why she said, well, what if you didn't like shrimp and grits? And what if it's too spicy? And he said, stop, like, I'm just delivering what God told me to do and he can throw it out. He can eat it. He can love it. He can hate it. That's the, that's not on me. I'm just being obedient in what God called me to do. And it made me pause. He said, Sarah, you being obedient in getting your book in women's prisons and prisons across America. And I said, I believe I am. And he said, then quit telling me how they're going to receive it. You do your part and God will allow them to receive it the way he, he wants them to. And it was a huge moment for me because I thought, how often do we already make up the story of how people will receive whatever gift we have on the other side? And I loved it, and it's powerful. I love it, and I think it's interesting you telling that story. You kind of briefed over at one of the steps that you had was um, kind of number two was what's the first step you need to make? Mm-hmm. This dream happened and who could you call to talk to? Mm-hmm. Like, you didn't know Andre. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know how you got connected to him. It's, so how did you get yeah, connected to him? I got connected to him by, so crazy, um, the world of communication, LinkedIn. So a, a friend of a friend of somebody who saw a post on LinkedIn, I basically said on LinkedIn, I want to get into every prison across America. How Can anybody help? And this guy that I don't know who follows me or I follow him, something like that. He sent me an email and he said, I don't know this guy, but I know he works in prisons. Can I connect you with them? And he said, for some reason I follow him. So this guy didn't even know him, but our God is so big. God connected the dots. And then it's like, okay, all of a sudden Andre and I are on the phone together and I'm like, dude, this is cool. And then somehow Oprah's connected. Yeah. So Stedman, who's Oprah's boyfriend, um, helps in these prisons as well. So, um, how cool, like it's, so now by the time this airs, we will be celebrating you're on, (laughs) on Oprah's best selling books or what's her Mm, favorite books? Favorite things. Yeah. I don't know. And then you sell a million copies and then we need a new goal. Yes. So, okay. Well, I all started by asking about, um, how to get into prisons and now you're on the Oprah show. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you, babe. See, this is what it means to have somebody who believes in you so much. Adam just put me on the Oprah show. There's not even an Oprah show anymore, but Adam oh, believes. Not? No. Oh my what? gosh. <laughs> when did that end? I think like seven years ago. No. Oh my gosh. That sounds made up. Okay. Well. Why did she quit? I don't She's know. Old? No, babe, stop. Oh. You're Now you're getting me <laughs> off the Oprah show. <laughs> I don't know. No, she's awesome. She's, gosh, she's awesome. She really impacts the world in a big way. Um, I actually don't know much about Oprah. I know that she's impactful, um, but I don't know much about her. So um, maybe we'll just get her on the show and ask her to explain herself. Oh, so now that she doesn't have a show, she can join our show? Yeah, she can join our show. Maybe she might know something about, you know, talk shows. Perfect. (laughs) I love it. Well, so for any of our listeners out there, um, just take the first steps and figure out what that is and don't make it too hard. I think oftentimes we try to make our dreams and goals way too hard and complex and we write it down and we plan it and we think about it and then we rewrite it. And it's like, no, just take the first step because once we do that, um, life change can happen. And if any of our listeners know Oprah, mm-hmm. yes, well, yeah, we're ready. Hook us up. All right, that's the first step, right? Yep. Who could you call mm-hmm. or talk to to gain more insight? Yep. Oprah. Yep. All right. 
I like it. Dream big, babe. Proud of you, babe. Thanks. Love you. Hey, it's Sarah Noose, and I believe that you are destined for greatness. Do you have a dream inside of you? You think about wanting more out of life? Well, I have seen incredible life change happen all across the country by women who have signed up for my four-week accountability group. I would love to offer you the opportunity for real life change. Head on over to saranoose.com and sign up. There's limited spots available, but I would love to get to know you, have you join, and watch you conquer your dreams. If this podcast was helpful, it would mean the world to me to have you rate it, review it, and share it on social media. Social media is a big place, and to reach more people, I would love your help. Thank you for joining us today, and remember, you are destined for greatness.